This week on the Road to Cinema podcast, screenwriter Drago Sumonja on co-writing Lucky, the new film starring Harry Dean Stanton in his last on-screen performance. We'll learn all about how Drago and co-screenwriter Logan Sparks use their real-life friendship with Harry Dean Stanton as inspiration to develop the script, some wonderful stories about how Harry Dean's real-life persona was infused into the film, and how Drago has balanced a career between being an actor, screenwriter, and filmmaker. For more information on the Road to Cinema podcast, please visit jogroadproductions.com. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at jogroadproductions, Twitter at jogroad, like our Facebook page, Jog Road Productions, and you can also subscribe to Jog Road Productions on YouTube to watch some of our video interviews with Don Cheadle, Greta Gerwig, Ewan McGregor, and many more. And you can also subscribe to the Road to Cinema podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. And don't forget to write us a nice review under the review section in Apple Podcasts and iTunes. And now we join the co-screenwriter of Lucky, Drago Sumonja, as we discuss the journey in bringing Lucky to the screen for legendary actor Harry Dean Stanton's final performance. So from what I understand, your co-writer yeah. on Lucky, he worked for Harry Dean Stanton for many, many years. Is that correct? Yeah, uh, Logan Sparks. Um, Logan worked with Harry, was Harry's assistant for, uh, man, I'm going to get this wrong. I think, well, ever, whenever Big Love, at some point in the season of Big Love, I don't, maybe it was when they started, I, I don't know, maybe like 2003 or four, maybe something around there, four. Oh four, um, but yeah, Harry uh, Logan and Harry. He's been working for Harry, worked for Harry since oh four. Was that where the concept of writing something particular for Harry came about? Or uh, yes and no. Um, Logan uh, had asked me to drive out to Arizona with him. He was working on some documentary and asked me to come out to do some research. And uh, so we drove out to Arizona, and then on the drive back, um, you know, we just rapping about things that we were interested in working on, and uh, we've always wanted to collaborate together on something. And you know, we were both a little frustrated about you know nothing was kind of happening, and uh, and I, I just out of the blue, man, I just said, you know. Man, if I were you, since you know you're with Harry every day, I just write something for Harry. You know, I just write yeah. really simple, kind of indie film. Put them in the lead. Get a bunch of people we know that we you know can just pick up a phone and call to come aboard and play for a day or two here and there, and uh, that. And then so we just we just uh, threw out some ideas to one another, like a little sketch of what that might be. And uh, and then but literally by the time we made that, got home to LA from from Arizona, we had somewhat of a really rough framework. Yeah. And uh, and then we, we promised ourselves that we would, uh, that we'd write every, every day. We'd meet every day and we would write for two hours no matter what, we just, five days a week. And then we did, and we started, and we committed to that, and we never missed a day. How many uh, weeks did, or days did that go on for? Three months, we wrote in three months. 
three and a half months maybe, let's just say that, but very quick. And it just, it came quickly, you know, it, we just took things out of, pulled from what we, our experiences with Harry. I mean, I've known Harry, I've known Harry longer than Logan, but not as close and not intimately as on that sort of relationship that Logan had with Harry. Um, so we just pulled stories that we we used to hang out all the time together at uh, Dan Tana's restaurant in West Hollywood, and then a bunch of after hours places, and you know just you get to meet you know people you'd never meet before because of hanging with Harry, and um, so just pulled things and then pulled people that we knew also that we've met over the years and like Ed Begley Jr. and and um, just wrote little, basically took Harry's daily routine of what he did, yeah. which was a mixture of you know game shows and the bar, <laughs> maybe once or twice a week. So that bar was sort of a in the film. It's sort of a version of Dantana's. It's a, a version, yeah. yeah. It's a, like a version of uh, Dantana's in a in a in a spot that's no longer around in New York called Elaine's, which we named it Elaine's, but. Um, so it's like a mixture of those two, and then some of the characters that we, or the people that we knew that we know, uh, from Tana's, like the names we've we took, and we kind of personalized it, and so yeah, that's that's pretty much the origin of how Lucky came to be. Now to sort of uh, backtrack, you said that you knew Harry actually uh, longer than Logan. Mm -hmm. So did that sort of uh, start when you made the documentary that we were talking about before? Yeah. So I. Uh, so by the, when, uh, let's see, yeah, when I was, when we, when I was working on character, the, the, the documentary, Logan, I believe, was maybe just about, a, I guess, not, then a few years into, into working for Harry. And so, yeah, and then it wrangled Harry into, into, into the doc. I was uh, I'm good friends with uh, yeah, another actor, Dabney Coleman. And so Dabney was friendly with Harry and all these other guys that are in the dock, Pollock and yeah. Peter Falk. And Dabney and is sort of at the center of character in a way. Yeah, he's yeah. sort of the, yeah, the, 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 the narrator, or if you like to call it, but he's the one that's interviewing everybody and kind of the through line. Um, so yeah, so Harry was in the dock and then, um, um, what else was he going to say? I lost track. Sorry. Oh, well, what was sort of the inspiration for making character in the first place? That okay, that's that was another uh, a project that came out of uh, frustration, I guess. You know, just uh, I went to Cal Arts and uh, graduated there. I was a theater kid, and just being an actor in LA, you know, auditioning and trying to get work, find work, and. Uh, you know, just frustrated, just got tired of waiting for someone to hopefully cast you in something. And then I started writing a little bit, and um, and then being friends with Dabney, he, he's been fantastic, so we always talked about acting, and and uh, I, I just some sort of idea one day sparked in my mind, and, yeah. I, and I, I pulled up, I called him up, and I said, would you be interested in like calling up all these guys you keep talking about? Because he's very close with Sidney Pollock and 
Peter Falk and Mark Rydell and Groden and uh, Harry. And I said, would you mind giving them a call and let's just go talk to them about acting. And you know, I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know if anything will come of it, but yeah. maybe I can find something there and I, I'll, I'll, I'll be interested in putting together some sort of a documentary. So he, he was very uh, generous to do so and uh, called up everyone and got everyone aboard and made the rounds and did some interviews and then I put that together, edited that together and I think that sort of making that documentary empowered me to feel like, oh, I don't have to. Because at, at that point before the documentary, you were very much just focused on being an actor. Yeah, and very, much, career very much so. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Very much so. Um, it's all I, it's, it's my, I mean, it was just that. I had like tunnel vision. It was just, yeah. for me, it was just acting. How do I find work? How do I get work? You know, the typical thing. Um, and then once I made once a character put that together, and I, I just it was so empowering, you know, to know like, hey, I don't have to, I don't have to wait. I can just create stuff, even if it's a documentary, or and then started writing a little bit on my own, and but never really told anybody. It was just something that I, um, and then and then had. Then it went from like the documentary, and then I moved to New Mexico because the film industry was booming at that time. So I had a buddy of mine that encouraged me to move out there. So you should come out here. There's a lot of acting work, a lot of movies. At that time, the incentive was great. So, like it is now in Atlanta. So I, I moved out there and kind of gave it a go and was fine. But then I just caught the tail end of <laughs> the tail end of it. They had a transition and they filmed Breaking Bad out there. Yeah, at one point. yeah, yeah, yeah. Breaking Bad and. Many, many, many shows, and um, Better Call Saul is a big one there. But, uh, and then it came back, and then uh, while I was out there, I, I, I um, they, they were filming Crash out there, show Crash. And so I got cast in an episode of that, and the, the showrunner of that show, Iris Stephen Bear, he had cast me in Crash, episode Crash, we stayed in touch. And then at the end of that year in New Mexico in Santa Fe, the Santa Fe Film Festival, character, uh, I got character into the film, film festival there. And funny enough, at the, like the first day where they, the filmmakers meet, um, they invited Ira to come back out to talk about filming in New Mexico. And we ran into each other and I said, hey, you remember me? And he says, yeah, what are you doing here? I said, I've got this documentary character. And he's like, I, I, that's one of the films I you know, want to see. And, so he saw that and dad, me and Mark Rydell had flown out there. So we all hung out that weekend. And then I, you know, we, Ira and I exchanged info and stayed in touch and kind of became friends. And then like a year, almost a year later, he called me up out of the blue and he says, you know, I'm doing this new show. I'm um, working on this new show, Alphas. And I wondered if you'd be interested in being like my assistant, you know, and I tried to talk him out of it because I'd never done anything <laughs> like that. And I didn't know anything about that. I said, man, I mean, sure, but I, you know, so did that for, we did that for a season and then that, um, that, that they didn't, he, he didn't come back for the second season. Then I went back to bartending a little bit and, uh, and then once I had, we'd written Lucky, um, and got sort of most of the pieces kind of going, I thought, well, I think we, it would behoove us to find like a, 
a producer or a mentor, somebody who guide us. And then I threw out the idea to John and Logan about Ira. And they said, yeah, absolutely, call him. And then I did and emailed him and said, would you be interested in making a movie yeah. with us and Harry Dean Stanton? And I think Harry was all, in, it was enough to get Ira, you know, he was, it's one of Ira's favorite actors. And uh, so he was gracious enough to meet with us and he came aboard and then, and it was really from the, I'm rambling, but from the, from the day we started writing till today, this very day, I mean, there was never, I, I can't think of uh, that there was ever a moment where there was some sort of a waiting period, other than maybe maybe a little bit in the financing, but that was very, I mean, it was- That's very, maybe, very not maybe. to get those uh, speed bumps. Yeah, the it was there. So even the financing, I think there was you know, maybe a few weeks that it was sort of like, well, but everything from the writing to the, then to the, to the, to the financing, to the casting, to the, pre-production to production to post, to editing to film festivals, then distribution and theatrical and to this. I mean, it was just, it's been a, I mean, it's been a whirlwind. I mean, it's been pretty crazy and I feel really grateful for it. But convincing Harry to be part of the project, was he- Took a little convincing. <laughs> yeah, it took a little convincing because Harry, had, you know, Harry just, Harry really, I mean, never officially retired, but just, you know, Guy at that time was eighty nine. He wasn't really pursuing. Yeah, he didn't care. You know, he was. he was just he was fine sitting at home and heading out to dance Hannah's once a week. Or um, so, but funny enough, you know, Logan and I had never mentioned it to him that we were writing something for him. We'd waited until we had a complete script, and then, as a matter of fact, we waited until we had a complete script, and um, and then we had called Ed Begley. Um, because Ed and Harry were very, very close. And then we got Ed, Ed on board and then we thought, okay, now we can, we can approach Harry, you know? And then we did one day, Logan and I drove up to Harry's and got this movie, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, Harry, Logan tells a story about Harry's. He's like, well, I guess you made me an offer I can't refuse. (laughs) So, you know, there, there was a part of it that sure he I, I believe you know he, he came aboard because we were we were involved and then he you know I like to think that he for the script he, he enjoyed it and I know he really hooked in I know he did like it because uh, and that he thought it was a worthy endeavor because he really hooked in and he um, he really threw down some really great work I mean I, I, you know, people are always like my god Harry Dean Stan it's amazing it's amazing and it's great not to knock Harry, but you know I also like to remind people I'm like it doesn't even matter if it's Harry Dean Stanton. Still, it's a 90 year old man up there acting, carrying a yeah. movie, and effortlessly and like threw some solid work down. And it had been so many years since he had a lead role in a film. That this I is the, well, yeah. this is I think it's even years. I, I mean, I, I, if I if I'm not mistaken, I think it's only the second time. Yeah, Paris, Texas, Paris, Texas was, was yeah the the only really re- lead lead role. Uh, I mean, you could you could call out films, I guess, like Repo Man stuff, but you know, you still have Estevez in that. It's not necessarily. He wasn't like the center. Of yeah, the it wasn't film. like uniquely yeah. a Harry Dean Stanton picture. You know, it's like Paris, Texas, is iconically like Harry Dean Stanton. That's what you think of. You know, um, so this being the second um, thing, and so there are a lot of. Comp- 
people throw out a lot of comparisons comparisons with Lucky in it in Paris, Texas and you know, the desert landscapes and all that stuff. And yeah, somewhat reminiscent of that, but I think I hope that I mean I I think it's completely different in another Yeah, and tonally it's very, very different. It has more I believe of that humor of Yeah, very it's a little personally yeah. seep into the character. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um so and you know those I mean Paris Texas I mean my god you know they the combination of the writing the direction and the actor I mean you get three of those individuals yeah, I mean it's so I yeah I think tonally it's different uh, it's a different movie yes there's some similarities I guess I I, I get why, why people would say that but um yeah to go into John Carroll Lynch what mm -hmm. attracted him to the script initially so John is another guy um, that I've known for now. Uh, John, when I graduated uh, Cal Arts, um, I did one of the one of the like the few first few things that I did was a short film, and it was a short film um, that uh, uh, that we that I, I got asked to do, uh, directed by John Humber. It was called Details, and. Um, John Humber was working on uh, the movie Good Girl, I believe. He worked was working as a PA. And then he asked John, hey, would you come do a day or two on a short film that I wrote? And John said, yeah, sure, of course. And so it was the two of us in this thing. And so that was the first time that's how I met John. So that was, oh, I'm going to get this wrong too. I think it might have been 03, 04, somewhere around there. Um, and he had developed a pretty significant acting career. He was on that yeah, he was, show and Zodiac yeah, it was and a lot just, of big projects. Yeah, I don't even think Zodiac was out there yet. Yeah. Uh, I think it, you know, I think the I, I would say it, the biggest the thing that he was most known for, I think, in, in cinema was I, I might be wrong, but I think it was Fargo. Still, I mean, we're talking oh three Zodiac wasn't even till yeah. I'm sorry, John, if you're listening, I'm messing up. <laughs> I think it was stuff. 7, 08, around Something there. like that. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, it, yeah and he was just, like, it was, he, like, I, I, it's funny, you know, I, you just mentioned that, and I think about since the time I met John till today, it's like, it's amazing to see, to watch even his career. How it's like, evolved so it's much. It's crazy, yeah. I mean, so, you know. Um, so anyway, I, that's when I met, John and I originally met on, on the short, and then we just stayed in touch, and we became friends, and hang out here and there. He lived in LA at one point and no longer lives in Los Angeles, but just became friends really. And uh, when this came about, I just thought, I'd originally, we'd asked him to play the part of, uh, a, a part in, in Lucky. And he said yes. And then when it came time to looking for a director, um, I threw out the idea to Logan and and then we agreed, like, we should, you know, and I'd known John had been wanting to direct for some time as well, just could never find the right, you know, for him, he, he was always trying to find the right project, or he was, yeah. um, he was always working on something, so, um, and the, honestly, all this sort of, like, the magic door opened, and it, it was for a very brief time and it, it, all the pieces came together. So that's how John, sorry, in a roundabout way, that's how John 
came aboard for the for So the, since for the, you and Logan have been working on the script for a significant amount of time, when John came on board, what was that process collaborating with him and taking notes? Great. It was fantastic. You know, John came and he had he he had called us up and he said, Well, before I agree to you know, before I would agree to direct and let me tell you what I think the, the movie's about and he did and he was absolutely right, you know, hit the nail right on the head and um, Did and your then, perspective change at all about anything in the script in particular? Or? No, I mean, you know, certain like little idea, you know, little ideas, but those are like, I, I don't know what the term would be, but as far as like the heart of the story, with the, like the t you know, the message, yeah. never. I mean, it was always, we were always on the same page. But, you know, obviously the director comes in and he has certain things that he wants to see. You know, it's like little tweaks. It's not even like a major... They weren't there. Were, these were no major like rewrites. These were just like, you know, like hey, I'd like to see it kind of maybe just like little adjustments yeah, here and there. You, yeah, I mean, it's the director's, you know, it's the director's medium. It's the director's film. So you, you know, you want to. He's got his own little interp, you know, interpretation that he sees, and you use the writer has to help him get, you know, help him help one another achieve that. But the the. The overall message was always there. That never got lost, nor did it ever take a turn or change. And then once we had something that we were all really kind of comfortable, that's when I approached Ira. And then we gave Ira, and then Ira had some notes. And so there were some revisions back and forth, but nothing, it was never anything really major, you know. But it would, I mean, the contribution that uh, Ira and also uh, uh, Richard Kahn had. Uh, another producer come on uh, I, that was Ira's assistant at that time. Ira brought on as a producer as well. So the five of us really, you know, I mean, it was they, they, everyone had a lot of. It, it was great. I mean, it was a lot. Of, everyone had great input on the script and how to make it better. Always wanted to make it better and like let's just be sure, you know. And I was happy because it never turned into something cliche here. You know, it was. Um, but yeah, I'm really thankful for those guys. And getting the, the voice of Harry Dean within mm -hmm. the script, did he ever adjust the lines to sort of fit into what he wanted it to be? Or was sometimes, very... sometimes on certain things he had some ideas, but for the most part, Harry was just made it work. You know, he, I mean, he was definitely vocal about, you know, certain things like, well, why am I saying this? He, he you know, yeah, he, he you, you couldn't, uh, there was no... BS meter, you know, like Harry, <laughs> he would, he would not necessarily, ch I guess challenge would be a word, but he would, he would, he would really want to know well, why am I saying this or what does this mean? And that was great because then we knew that he was really into, into the film, you know, he was really like, he was giving it his all. He, he was, was giving gonna... it his all, you know, uh, but it was never, uh, it was never like, uh, you know, like any, I'm sure like every other actor some days, you're like, well, I don't know about this, if that works. But on sets, it, sometimes it would, you know, like, can I, we try it this way or that way? And, um, but it, it, a lot of people ask if a, a lot of it was improvised and it was, that's a compliment. But no, it, 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 not, nothing was improvised by Harry. Maybe with exception, maybe a, a wording here or there, but... Um, for the most part, I mean, Harry, hats off to him. He just, he he just went with it. One of the the great casting choices in the film is David Lynch in that role, and you never would have thought of David Lynch having this humor and 
the, the yeah. connection he has with Harry. Yeah. How did that come about that David Lynch came on board? So we were thinking about who that character might be and we threw out some ideas and uh, we were, we were <laughs> Logan and I were sitting in, in Harry's living room and uh, Harry had said, well, what about David? And, you know, Logan and I just kind of <laughs> shot each other a look like, well, sure, what about David Lynch? <laughs> like, well, yeah, we should just ask why, why we should just ask him, you know? I said, yeah, oh, sure, just ask David Lynch, you know? He's like, well, I'll just call him. And he just stood up and walked to the phone and called him. <laughs> and we, Logan and I looked at each other like, is this really happening? Like, this is, can't be happening. Got on the phone with David Lynch and David uh, said, yeah, just let me put you on the phone with Michael, his assistant. And then uh, Logan and Michael had known each other over the years, obviously, just from social events. And they said, send us over the script sent over the script because we love it. We're busy though. We're in the middle of Twin Peaks. David's editing. We don't have much time. He says, man, we just need a couple of days. He's like, I'll give you a call back and I'll let you know. So I don't know. It was like a week later. He called us back up and he says, you got two days in July. That's all we can do. We'll take it. <laughs> and that's sort of how that came to be. And it was, I think it was even was it three days? Two days. I forgot now. It was two days. And, you know, I mean, then all of a sudden David Lynch is on set with acting opposite <laughs> Harry Dean Stanton in, in this bar in North Hollywood. And you're like, what is this? What's going on? You know, it's crazy. And then you add Ron, Living Ron Livingston to the mix. Ron Livingston came through uh, John. They were friendly with one another. Beth Grant came aboard. John, they had worked together, and Jackie. Um, so it was like this, we, what John calls a, a Rolodex production. It was just basically, all right, everybody pull out your you know, Rolodex, and who, who can you make the direct call to? And so everybody in the movie was like a direct phone call. Barry Shabaka Henley, um, uh, blanking on uh, everyone at the moment. Uh, but, but, but even starting with Ed Begley Jr. Begley, yeah, Begley, Begley. I've known Begley. I've known since I graduated college. I've known Begley since two thousand. You know, and that guy is like. And that scene he has with Harry in the doctor's office is oh. such a funny moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's. Uh, I mean, Ed and Harry really have a unique, special had a special uh, relationship with one another. I mean. They talked to him every day, literally every day on the phone. They would do the crossword together over the phone, you know. Um, so yeah, that's how all of those people came to be, and very quickly. And it, there was, and even in the financing, it was. Uh, yeah, John tells the story of you know we'd go around pitching the film and we, we looking for financing and like look we need a quick no. <laughs> we need a quick note because the star is 89 years old and like you know I, I don't know you can't do 10 years of development yeah. on this yeah. so, so it's like we need to, we, yeah. if you're going to say no please let us know like today because yeah. we need to move on and unfortunately you know fortunately for us there were very very little no's and uh, all the actors that came aboard just came aboard because it was Harry and uh, you know get a chance to play with 
play opposite Harry for a day or two. And it was pretty, pretty cool. What was uh, sort of Harry's response to seeing the film for the first time? He had never seen it. He had never seen the film. He never saw the film? Never saw oh. the film, no. Even at South by Southwest earlier? No, no, he had never seen the film, no. Uh, we premiered it there. You know, Harry, he really wanted to see it in a theater, but Harry wasn't willing to travel, you know, just... <laughs> Harry was reluctant to travel even outside of his house, you know. I mean, he's just, he's that kind of guy. And uh, so South by went, went, and then we just, just you know, you didn't, I mean, you didn't think that the guy, he wouldn't be around, you know, particularly a year later. So we just kind of kept pushing it and thought, like, well, well when we have it in a theater, when it comes out in the theater, well, you know, he, he, that's the way he wanted to see it. And I know Logan had showed him, like, a cut of, like, a scene or two here and there. So he saw, like, maybe a scene or two of something, like a rough cut of a scene, but not... Not a ever cut of the film, so so it goes. Uh, no, it's it's unfortunate he was never able to yeah see the finished product. Yeah, I, I guess it's one of those uh, things that I don't know. I, I I guess maybe it was meant to be that way, you know. Like uh, I, I I I I was saddened by that. Um, and then I thought it was also at the same time kind of beautiful, you know, like, I don't need, you know, he didn't need to see that. He, he, that's, that's, that's him. You I know? think he like, got so much out of the experience of it. All yeah. of these, you know, many of his friends who came together to make this film and he was at the center of it. And sure. This one of his last performances. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been, it's been nothing but since then, it's been nothing even before then, but more so now it's been nothing but more than a celebration for Harry and you know I mean the, the, and the reviews of the film have been stellar across the board I mean they've been so you know so so sweet and all all like you said, all across the board everyone's been very supportive and very kind and um, uh, you know everyone involved with the project is you know deserving of that because everybody worked really worked their ass off. I mean, for, you know, I, you know, people talk about independent film and I mean, this was, I, no, one, no one can ever tell me this was not an independently financed <laughs> film. I mean, this was... So it was really about getting just the bare bones budget that could be used to complete the film oh, and, yeah. in that way. Yeah, you know, there was, there was no vanity. There was no one like, well, I need X amount of money if I'm gonna come play a part or I need points or this and that. People. Everyone's like, I just want to, just let me do this. And uh, I mean, what can I say? You know, no pun intended, lucky. We were just very lucky. Do you feel from this experience that you want to continue writing? Yeah, you know, I'm writing. Been yeah. Acting for so long. I'm writing. I'm, funny enough, I've done more acting in the past year than I have over the past, seems like, <laughs> 17 years. <laughs> Uh, I don't know how that's come to be, but I don't know. You close one door and then another door opens, but then the door reopens and you're like, wait a minute, I, I'm already gone. Okay. But that's, you know, I'm, I'm pursuing all, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing everything, man. I just, I think that, I think it's, uh, 
particularly now in this day, you know, in this sort of the entertainment business as it is, I mean, why just be one thing? You know, why just when you can, when you have access to many things, yeah. be, just be creative, you know? I feel like that can be a trapping sometimes. I mean, someone says, I just want to write only, or yeah. I just want well, to I, act I, only. Or I, I I'm guilty to, of it yeah. too, man. I'll, yeah. I, I, for years, I just, you know, um, I just thought of myself that way, you know? And I still think of myself first and foremost as an actor. I really do. Um, even today, people are like, oh, you're a writer. I'm like, no, I write. I wrote, you know, co-wrote this thing. No, no, you're a writer. Okay, sure, but I, you know, it's but yeah. even so, more so, I still, I'm still, I still think, you know, so I'm starting to, the world's starting to open up, like the, that scope is trying to, is starting to open up for me, um, but I'm interested in all of it, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I've got ideas for documentaries, I want to write more, more thing, you know, more stuff, um, I want to act, uh, uh been watching uh, a lot of Netflix lately and uh, looking at all these great Netflix original programming that's out and I'm thinking like it's more interesting than some of the movies out there now man, it's incredible it's, you know it's like that you know the hell with writing another feature when you can write a series you know look at all this great stuff look at all these great actors that I've never even heard of that are on these that are coming up on these shows like Ozark and you know just great actors actors you know and I think that's gonna open speaking a little bit about acting I think that's gonna that's opening the door for a lot of sort of unknowns if you will a lot more opportunity since you know Netflix is obviously trying to create more and more original content it's, it's not all gonna be about movie stars yeah else. which I think but I think people yeah which I a combination of that in a way yeah, yeah when I think here the movie stars might be like, you know, hey, I think I want to do a Netflix series. This is kind of, everyone's watching that, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, man, I'm just open to all of it, you know. Um, it's This this process has opened my mind to a lot. Um, because I think it's interesting that, you know, you talked about working on this script and creating it with Logan was sort yeah. of, you know, you saw an opportunity you saw well you know we're both sort of trying to figure out what we want to do next and this yeah. sort of came about organically yeah so it's yeah. interesting the sort of how you can approach a career to kind of keep your mind open to things that might come about yeah in that way yeah i mean for you know lucky came about organically character kind of came about that same way um you know i get a lot of questions people are like what what, what do you have what do you guys have next or what do you have next and uh you get so much anxiety thinking about it. You feel almost like, oh, well, I should have something, you know. Yeah. And I understand, but I, I, I just don't, I don't work that way, you know. Like, I, I just, for me, it needs to kind of happen organically. It can't be like, well, let me just write the next, you know, write something just for the sake of writing something. Although, it's important not to just now, just with the, with the momentum of something, just stop and wait. And, and Logan, I talk about that all the time but you know our, our our two worlds have also changed over the course of you know at that time his wife was pregnant and my circumstance of of work just in the, when, uh, the proximity of where we lived we lived so close to one another you know and now I live in Pasadena and he's he's you know in in the valley and now he has a, a kid and a little boy and you know the it's changed so it's you gotta find. Adjust you gotta adjust, you know, and and 
you know, maybe that we're not, you know, um, maybe it'll be next week we write something, or maybe ten years from now. I don't know, but it it, it always it just it, you know what what then people like I said always asking what's the next thing what's the next I don't know it could be it could be me maybe just doing this wanting to talk to people about music I don't know it could be I don't know whatever for me is an artist whatever I if kind of I'm gravitating toward. Too. That's what I want to do next. Whether, so sorry, I'm rambling. Oh, no, but from talking to other filmmakers too, they always feel you know a film comes out and there's all yeah. this press on it, and there's this pressure. They have to yeah. deliver some new form of project in development. And yeah, yeah. And I I feel like there's so much pressure put on that that it's almost to to that extent. I I feel like that the second project. Is even more important than the first, and someone's judged more than the first. Yeah, one because then they kind of the expectations. That's right. Because then they're like, "Well, are they a one-hit wonder?" You know, can oh, they, yeah, yeah. They, the second one was, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I figured it was a one-hit wonder. You know, so like the second, the expectation, the second thing, whatever that may be, is like, well, let's see if they can do it again, or he can do it, or he or she can do it again. You know, it's just not fair because it's just you know you got to, you know, it's like. Uh, <laughs> feel like the Daniel Day-Lewis of writing, you know, or, or whatever, you know. It's like, I, I need five years. Let me think about yeah. something. Someone like Warren Beatty took, uh, I think, 17 years between Bullworth and the new one that came out. So yeah. It was just kind of how and, it happened for him. So. You know, and, but, you know, this business in this town, people are so quick to either tear you apart or, or, or give you a kudos to some like you know and uh there's so much great work i'm i'm, I'm really uh, happy this year to be a part on like this whole sort of festival circuit and this in the company of the films that have come out this year um equally just some beautiful stuff as you were talking earlier about yeah, good, good times time. yeah, that's and, another I mean, example those, wonderful performances that you know that i mean yeah, that's like I, when i saw that movie uh, my my first my first thought, you know, I was so jazzed. I'm like, wow, cinema is great, you know. And I start thinking like an actor. I'm like, how do I get to be in their next movie, you know? Like, you know. But I start, yeah. you, 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 get, you get these creative spurt, you know, these ideas of not just what, I wanna, what do I want to make next. But you see movies like that and you're like, I want to be a part of that too. I want to work with those people. I want to work with people like Sean Baker. I want to work with... Um, Oh, brothers. So, yeah, 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 you know, it's like, so, it's so... It's almost beyond your own projects, but seeing how you can work yeah, with other people I, yeah, and add like, on to what they're doing. Yeah, how that. can I help collaborate with you, or what can I do to help? Not that they need my help, but you know what I mean? Like, I, I want to be a part of that as much as maybe somebody, it's all lucky, and be like, hey, I want to work with you guys on something, you know, so it's like a give and take, and... um, um yeah, man, I I, uh, I, I just uh, really jazzed about this year and being in the company of all these other films that came out this year, and it's been great. It's been a great ride. Well, lastly, I was, uh, yeah, yeah. I was curious, what have you learned from hanging around Dabney Coleman and Harry Dean Stanton and so many of the other, you know, Charles Grodin, many of the actors that you interviewed for character? Just you know, about acting and just about a sort of a career in entertainment. You know, it was just a different. It's like a this is a whole that's a whole different another conversation. But 
you know, those guys, they don't make guys like that anymore, you know. And then at that time, again, that was a different world and it was a different time. And, you know, in all respect to those, I, I, identif I identify more with those guys, Dabney, the Peter Fox, the Gene Ackmans, the... That the city pilot. I do, you know, even, 1960s. yeah, that's, I mean, that's sort of my wheelhouse. I mean, the, the films into that era, I'm sure like many are, for me, that's what I remember growing up watching as a kid. I mean, there were other movies, obviously, was you know, but um, that sort of, that kind of feel, uh, you know, Cassavetes and so the, 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 the company of those actors were, that were in those films. But the, your question about what I learned from them, I mean, it, that, that really, at the end of the day, all this Hollywood and all this bullshit red carpet stuff that comes to be and awards and that really, what I learned from myself is that, that uh, acting first and foremost is what, drew me into this business, being an actor. And so everything that I, uh, all the projects that I have in mind and somewhere in my head that I've done so far, the character or Lucky, have always, uh, acting was the root. So it always started from act, you know. And it, it really, um, my ideas come from that. That's where I always, the basis, that's where it always starts from an acting, actor's point of view. And um, I just, I just like listening to those guys talk because you know, from the era that they came from and the, the, you know, the, they never, I mean, with the exception of a couple maybe, but most of those guys were just guys that just fell into acting, you know? No one really, planned on um, you know back then it was like the theater was a thing right so living in New York doing theater when someone when someone said well what are you doing well I'm flying to Los Angeles why um, I'm gonna be in a movie it was like you're what I'm gonna I'm gonna do a movie that was almost that was almost embarrassing to say you know the actors then it was like yeah, or TV. Even. Yeah, it's like you're gonna movies. do a movie or a TV. <laughs> Come on, please. That's please. That's it's it's embarrassing. Don't say that out loud. You know, because theater was so regard you know regarded and uh, the movies and TV were just looked at as well. That's how you can get a paycheck. It's that's not, right. It's not you know the art of it. It's is not the, in yeah, theater only. Yeah, for most of them. Well, I mean, man, I learned so many things. Uh, you know, little things that I'll think of when I leave here, probably. And forget to tell you, but um, I, I I don't know. I, I just uh, those guys are. I I know those guys are just cut from a different cloth, and and um, I I uh, sorry, I'm rambling. I'm not as articulate. Well, I feel like you and, can't replicate you what can't, they have. You that, can't. That was a very unique thing. Gene Hackman and Jack Nicholson yeah. and all of these people from the yeah. 1970s, 1960s generation. Yeah. That was its own unique world. It was. That's for sure. That's for sure. And, you know, there's a lot of us today. I mean, we all try to, you know, you try to emulate that, you know. Uh, well, that feeds into, you know, Sean Penn and Johnny of Depp. Of course. And all yeah, those absolutely. performances all were those, influenced by know, them. All those. I mean, look.
call it what you will, it's like everybody steals from everybody. And I don't mean that in a bad way, you know? You hear something from a song, you're gonna pull that from things. You see a movie, a Cassavetes film, and you're like, wow, I wanna make a movie a la something like a Cass... You're gonna, that's, you know, that's, you're gonna do it, you know? The w- way it'll, of- it'll filter out and become its own yeah, unique but the, thing through your That's right, from your perspective. Yeah. It's like, well, how do you take that, how do you, <laughs> how do you steal that idea and then rip, but make it, put it on your own twist to it, you know. And, you know, good time is an example of, of that, you know. Yeah, that's Cassavetes, Sidney Lamette, all those 1970s movies. Mean so, Streets, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's, and that, you know, maybe some people will look at that and I'm like, well, you can't, you know, that's, that's to me, it's a compliment, you know, because it's a remind, it's, 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 it's like, why is that movie so seem, seem so familiar? Well, because it's reminiscent of that, and that's what I'm saying. I would never walk yeah, around saying they sense. stole that yeah. from that, but they obviously they're inspired. It's an inspiration, you know, and it's beautiful. But man. to take all of those influences and make it its own unique, incredible thing. Yeah, that's what makes Good Time so brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so props to you guys <laughs> if you're listening. Um, yeah, and then you, yeah, like people like Sean Baker, you know. Look, Sean Baker wasn't the first guy to film a movie on an iPhone, you know, Tangerine. You know, many people have done it. This was the first movie that kind of came, that was, came out, that was received with such acclaim, you know. And I'm not knocking Sean Baker. It's great what he, it's great what he did because that just, I think it opened people's eyes. Like, I don't have to, I don't have to, especially maybe even film students or people coming out of film school or, or anybody, hell, you know. I think everybody uh, gets a sense like everything has to be done a certain way. Yeah, I need Here's to rent the camera the package and how many this. It's like, man, you've got a portable movie studio, studio right on your phone. You've got audio and video on your phone. You can buy a lens and shoot something. I mean, unless you're making like a Marvel movie, you know, you can't shoot. Sure, you can't. But if you're making, you know, if you're writing and want to make like a character-driven acting movie, you can beautiful movies I mean I even yeah. read the other day in an article that Soderbergh his new movie that's coming out next year shot the whole thing on iPhone 7 plus you know why not what you know it's a I mean but I think people have a perception of like well it has to be this is what a movie production this, looks like that's and right. they, they're mm-hmm. kind of afraid of not having that but like you know you don't have to I mean look you don't have to wait <laughs> for anybody you don't have to wait for anybody anymore I don't know. I'm rambling. Sorry. This no, is... I think that's a good. Uh, I think that's a good point. All I'm the just, resources are in front of you, so yeah, why not take advantage yeah, of them? You know, and I'm just, I'm just, uh, I, I'm just a fan of everybody's. You know, like I just want to work with everybody and in every capacity. I, you know, I'll go hold a boom from some for somebody. I'll go PA on somebody's set. I, as, you know, just to be around that sort of all these great guys making films and gals making films these days um, and even that's I mean look how much that's even changed women and making you know just more opportunity and like it, the whole thing is brick I mean any anything is possible you know really anything is possible and uh, I guess people are really like you know people get fixated on this like the movie studios and it's got to be this way and it's man anybody can do anything now it's got to be good you know you gotta it's got to be you know um 
But I think that fear is, uh, you know, not having resources that, you know, can't be a factor anymore. You have to be able to, yeah. to go out and do it. Well, we're programmed. That, available. I feel like we're programmed that way. You know, over the years we've been programmed because, you know, I mean, I'm, think we're in the same generation but you know yeah. you that's the way I you know <laughs> when I grew up I when I was c coming up uh, as a kid trying to start out as an acting and I remember you know getting the headshot and then stapling the resume and then mailing in a manila, manila envelope and that's how you submit it to agents or cast you know um now, and now everything's digital anymore for yeah now <laughs> get just gets you know a shot Character, the documentary. I shot that on the first generation Panasonic DVX camera with the mini DV tape, and then spent hours digitizing that, you know, and then buying a computer. And then, the, the you know, I remember it was like I ended up with that. I needed like something around three terabytes to store all that for the interviews. And at that time, a terabyte was going for a grand, a terabyte, you know. And I didn't get five terabytes for 200 bucks, you know? So everything is evolving. And now imagine how you can shoot a documentary. You can shoot that on a, yeah. excuse me, an iPhone. Um, but I just, because you get, you gotta break free from the, it doesn't have to be that way anymore. You, you can do anything you want to. You don't have to wait for anybody. You don't have to get any, have anybody's permission. You have off the internet and with the YouTube and you can post your own stuff and just, you know, Social media helps, and yeah, it kind of opens the door for everybody actors, writers, anybody. directors, anybody can jump anybody, in there, you know. Anybody, um, I, I just you know, but back on track to quickly lucky, like I just I, I do, I feel that way, I feel lucky, I feel really uh, grateful for uh, everybody that came to play and everybody involved, and from I mean, Magnolia from what they've done this year with the film. I mean, they just, you know, it's, it's another thing. I grew up watching these movies and you always see Magnolia. Yeah, they're one lo of the their logo, you know, and you're like, and there. then you see it in, in a movie that you, you're a part of. And you're like, what, is that real? That can't be real. Is that real? Really? <laughs> I pinch myself, you know? And they've been so wonderful and superlative films who came aboard of financing and, uh, Divide Conquer and uh, Lagrelane and um, all these people that came aboard just, you know, to make a movie. It's like, and we shot that thing in 17 days. Wow. 18 days, technically, if you want one extra day in uh, Arizona. But, I mean, crazy. With a 90-year-old, you know, with a 90-year-old lead, which, you know, it's, it's a crazy the stamina that Harry had. I was tired. I don't know how the hell he did it, you know, but he did it, <laughs> yeah. you know, walking him around. And, and he's in pretty much every scene of the movie. It's Yeah, it's all every, yeah. every, every frame. Every moment of the film is yeah. Harry. Yeah, you know, and this guy, the last day we shot uh, in, in Arizona, I mean, 104 degree weather, walking around in cowboy boots and a, <laughs> I thought I was going to go, I thought I was going to kill him, kill him, you know, like, but he showed up, man, and he, he did it, and God love him. And, um, that, that's uh, it's one for the, you know it's one for the books for sure. Um, but even that gen you know that generation that you speak of earlier, that's 
I don't know. I, 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 you know, be lucky to have a career like that. Be lucky to have a, you know, as, as much as people think of it as a, yes, of course it's sad. Man passed away and, but no, no means is it a tragedy. I mean, live to be 91, which any of us would be lucky to live that long and to have a career of what, you know, the career that he had and to be, work with the people that he, you know, Brando and who I don't know, people he's worked with I don't Jack you know Nicholson everybody and everybody, Sam I mean, who, everybody, and all, yeah, everybody you know Johnny Depp Sean you go down the list Benicio del Toro I mean you go down the list and he's worked with them you know you're like come on I mean be happy to work with one of those guys yeah. <laughs> and what's uh, great is all of those friendships that he had it made lucky in a way yeah and you know man it's funny you say that because you think of like a generation like Sean Penn and Johnny Depp and the Benicio del Toros of the world you think like those guys were influenced by Harry and those guys wanted to hang out with Harry but the, and the re, one of the reasons those guys hung out with Harry is because Harry just didn't give he didn't care you know, Harry didn't was never the guy to one to impress somebody. He never had pretensions. There was no pretension yeah. to Harry. Harry was, you know, and Logan could speak to that much more in depth. But you know, even I could say, knowing Harry, like he, the, there was no star. You know, Harry was he was who he was, and and he would never change his way of being if you whom whomever he was hanging out so i think that's the reason myself included these guys like these actors like sean penn and that we that we mentioned like were fans because he was they were like he's the rebel you know we're rebels too and we like you know people gravitate toward that like like yeah, screw the system. <laughs> you know, you're gonna be like yeah. when you see raw. So many, and, uh, actors who sort of put out a uh, sort of a, a publicity guise, like this is how they act. That's right. But Harry Dean Stanton, he was who he was, no matter what. That's right. Yeah, that was yeah. You know, uh, Logan told me a story one time about how uh, Harry and uh, Marlon Brando had had a conversation, and Marlon one time had asked Harry, he'd said, "Hey, Harry." Um, are you friends with me because I'm Marlon Brando, or are you friends with me because you're my friend? Yeah. And Harriet said, "Well, first it was because you were Marlon Brando, but now I just don't give a shit." <laughs> and that pretty much, you yeah. know, does sum up Harry. Like Harry didn't care who you were, you know, if you, if you, you know, you had respect for him, he had respect for you, and you know. And above all, he was a, a man, he was a man of music, you know, too. And I, we talk about this all the time. But I think Harry, I'll speak for Harry, but I think if you were to ask him, and other people that knew him would tell you this, and Logan would say the same thing. He was a, I think he would consider himself a, a musician more than anything, you know, because Harry just was a singer, and he he uh, he uh, as in the film Unlucky, he, that that was him. I mean, that he just. That's one thing that he really, and even John touches upon this, but that was one thing that he really didn't, wanted, he wanted perfect, the singing. He wanted the voice to be um, at his best. So, yeah, man, it's a, uh, it's a uh, crazy, crazy, crazy year.
past couple of years. Well, congratulations on the film. It's, Thanks, uh, brother. It's an amazing journey. Thanks, you guys man. have been on with this, and hopefully it'll continue through the award season, too. Hopefully, you know, hopefully, um, you know, uh, they just, what, the, the Spirit Awards were announced, and then the Gotham happened, and I think Fra Franco had won, James Franco won the Disaster Artist. I haven't seen that movie yet, but I hear great things about the Disaster Artist, and uh, so we'll see. You know, we got a couple more awards to go, SAG, the SAG Awards, and uh, the Globes, and the Oscars. Academy and um, you know we'll we'll see I mean that's that that'd be like the you know cherry on, on top of the cake is that the expression icing on the cake <laughs> cake I don't know um, but for me you know the six for me the, the 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 good the great thing is that just the movie we made a movie it's out there it doesn't suck. <laughs> You know, people love it. Well received. It's by well received. And, hey, yeah. I mean, I mean, give me a break. What, what are you gonna? You know, that's <laughs> you, you can't ask for more than that. And any awards that come are just are just you know are just an, an added gift or yeah. whatever. And uh, I think the film is now on iTunes, Amazon. Not at the moment. Not, a, not at the moment. Uh, it's still it's still in theaters. Uh, what theaters, I'm not sure of. I know uh, currently it's not playing in Los Angeles, but I, I know it's still playing in some theaters across the country. Uh, it, we opened, I think, two or three weekends ago overseas, and it'll um, open in, I think, 26 other territories. That's 26 other countries over the next, over the next month or two. And then I believe... Uh, it'll be on DVD and all that stuff, streaming um, uh, somewhere at the, at, oh, at the beginning of next year. So maybe like January, February. I'm not sure. I don't have a date. Sorry, Magdalena. I don't <laughs> know what the exact date is. But um, I think sometime next year for sure. Um, but I know people have been getting screeners, like SAG screeners and stuff. But um, definitely uh, after the new year, it'll be available on, like you said. Thanks for listening to the Road to Cinema podcast. We'll see you next time.